This episode of the Mike on Much podcast is in partnership with Jameson. Good things come in threes. Welcome to the Mike on Much podcast. I'm your host, Mike Veerman. I'm here with my friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman. We are also here in the room with intern Erica on the dials. And unfortunately, not in the room, but joining us on the phone from Hamilton is our pop culture aficionado, good friend, colleague, and very sick boy, Shane Christian Cunningham. Shane, how are you doing right now from Hamilton? Yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm not that sick anymore. (laughs) Wow, that's good news. So Lucy gave you some sickness, huh? No, no, uh, reverse. You gave her sickness. Yeah. Oh. You were you were away this weekend, right? And you caught the flu because I've, as our listeners know, Shane and I work together, and I've missed my work buddy, my desk buddy, for the last two days. Well, it it all started last Monday where I was having some something weird. I called it the stomach flu, although it was kind of reverse because I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't shitting or vomiting or anything like that. It's just nothing. <laughs> nothing was happening except extreme discomfort in my tummy. Mm. So I didn't know what to call it. So I just last Monday I just told my boss that I had stomach flu, even though I, I had no clue how to diagnose it. And then I kind of <laughs> felt a little off throughout the week. I uh, went away on the weekend, and then Monday it was uh, without a doubt the flu, like classic flu, like chills, mm. fever, sore throat. Well, we're going to try and make the best of it with you on the phone. These are not ideal, but we'll get through it. We're, we're becoming pros at this because Max is on the road. Uh, before we get into it, though, I just want to say that on this episode, we were talking to Havaya Mighty. Max mm-hmm. and I sat down with her. Uh, her album, 13th Floor, is out. She recently won the Polaris Prize. Uh, we are going to be, uh, we'll get to that interview in a bit. And we'll set that whole thing up. Mm-hmm. But before we do that, Max, I feel like you were ready to say something. Well, I was going to say, um, when it comes to your upset stomach, uh, does anybody have issues with that, generally speaking, in their life? Yes. You do? Mm-hmm. Um, because Lauren, uh, who is, I guess, a medical professional at this point, she's a nurse, uh, she thinks that I have some stomach issues. Mm. And she said, I think you're maybe allergic to something that you eat constantly. And so she's been trying to get me to like eliminate certain things from my diet to see if it helps. And uh, she suggested starting with either dairy or starch mm. or like, I guess, you know, whatever. Like get pastas and uh, cheese yeah, out of your life. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I can try, but I'm so bad at keeping track of any of this stuff. And so I tried to cut out dairy for like a week and I don't know if it made any difference. But but I always feel like that's anybody who's trying to eliminate things from their diet uh, in order to improve their general health. It takes so much commitment and note taking and monitoring that it's for me it's an impossible task i basically like gave up after five days and said hey baby you're gonna have to live with it i'm sorry mm. yeah you have to be like an early pioneer and keep like a journal meaning like i can eat this plant this plant will kill people yeah. that are in our grouping mm-hmm. uh you know and then you'll know what works for you and what doesn't has danica ever put you to task on that one mike no no i'm pretty like uh i don't i don't really have a lot of aversions to things my mm. stomach genuinely feels good I, I, it feels fine to me too but lauren doesn't think it feels fine i never get <laughs> sick i never get sick yeah i don't know it, it's all right but if i were to i think i would try to do the trial and error eliminate stuff from mm-hmm. my diet like if i ever felt like i was ailing i'd you know this is what uh holistic experts exist for to help yep. people uh, navigate these things what do you do for your upset stomach uh erica i just suck it up i don't eat i don't <laughs> I, I i would rather not know i almost feel like i would don't want to stop eating cheese i don't want to stop drinking beer I, like, I feel like gluten and dairy are the two biggest culprits, and I would just rather complain about it all day. Mm. Suffer a little bit for the good times. I think so, yeah. Hey, Erica, I heard a dirty rumor about you. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> what? I heard your uh, 
producing another podcast Whoa. behind our back. No, not behind your back. Well, you didn't tell us. Oh. Would you? Do you care to fess up? Do you care to tell us about your other sure. pod? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's at uh, my other job, MLSC. That pays you real money, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, we can talk about that if you want. But, um, to, but yeah, it's called the Leafs Forever Podcast. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, Maple Leafs podcast, and it's like a history-based podcast. So, oh, so yeah. tell us about it. Give it, a, give it a plug. I've actually heard that you're doing this, and uh-huh. I think this yes. is very good. All good people over there at MLSC. Uh-huh. Great people. Yeah. Yes. I'm just kidding. I'm thrilled for you, obviously. Okay, it's thank very good. you. Yeah. Um, yeah, our second episode went up yesterday. That's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. It's like a monthly podcast, and um, I'm an associate producer on it. So are you going to uh, shower us with praise for teaching you the ropes? Of course. You guys are absolutely the reason why okay, I got good. hooked up with that. Keep so going. thank you very much. <laughs> I know you guys. All uh, the things you've learned from us. You've taught me everything I know. Yes, yes, blah, thank blah, blah. you. I would like a raise. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that happened quick. Shaney, what do you think of this news? Did you know that Erica was working on a Toronto Maple Leafs podcast? I did not. And I don't think it sounds very good, to be honest. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very it's, different than this one. So there's really just no... just because I'm not into hockey, though, at all. That's Yeah, that's fine. I don't blame yeah. you. But uh, it, there's really no like even inkling of competition it's there these are very different things oh and i i we welcome it the yeah. more the merrier mm-hmm. everybody's got a podcast these days anyway exactly. so. I, I am a big fan of erica and, and i was at the raptors home opener i was talking to one of your bosses yeah. and uh he was uh, singing your praises thank you so i was very happy to hear that it's very yeah nice. but, i've heard through my, my brother Max. that everyone over there is great what were you saying <laughs> yeah. shaney Oh, sorry. I just I, I wanted to talk about uh, Lauren uh, thinking you had a stomach issue for a oh, second. Sorry, I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, we didn't let you uh, contribute to that. Sorry, it's, we got to. Uh, I that. just I don't understand why she think thinks that you don't think you have a stomach issue. Why, why does she? Are are smells coming uh, from weird? Uh, well, areas? just like she'll like hear the, my the like stomach grumbling. You know, just oh, okay. stomach kind of gassy things related sometimes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You're yeah. farting around your girlfriend. Well, but, yeah, but they don't smell. I don't think. Okay. Yeah. Right. So it's 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 more to do with farts and noises than it is toilet smells. <laughs> yeah, I'd say. Yeah, and sometimes I get like like you know when you like burp after a meal or something. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that kind of that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I just play. Yeah. My my, my dad's kind of like that. You, the Jewish stomach. They say mm. this is a real thing. It's a real thing. Yeah. I think Jewish men have like a hard time with that stuff. Okay. I don't know. Well, hopefully you feel better. Uh-huh. And Shane, I'm glad that you're on the mend. Are, are, will you be, because we're, rec- we're going back to back. We're recording a podcast tomorrow as well. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be back in the studio, Shane, or do you think you need another day? Yeah, uh, no, I'll be back. Yeah, I, I was fine at about 2.30 today. Okay. That's exciting news. Um, so, guys, what did we do this weekend? Everybody kind of got up to separate things. Were, were you out of town, Max? I was in Halifax. You were in Halifax. I did know that. Erica, were you in, were you in town or were you back? No, in- I visited my parents. They had their annual raging Halloween party. Mm. Waterloo? Mm-hmm. Exciting times. Yep. So you're with the Lou crew? Yep. What did you go as? Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, yeah. That's hilarious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had a bald cap, but I thought it was going to look way better than it was. It was like a $5 bald cap. Did people think you looked like a real stunner? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Did anybody get that reference? Yeah, kind of. Uh, Stone Cold Stunner. He used to have a a movie. Yeah, you know what's Mm -hmm. up. I did my research, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. (laughs) Uh, Shaney, have you done any Halloween stuff yet with Lou? Uh, jeez. Uh, no, we just dressed her up as Mr. Clean, but that was oh, pretty much it. Oh, I knew this. Being yes. a bald heads. That was, she was, that was an awesome costume. That was on our social media, too. Uh, that was a great costume. So on the actual day, will you run it back, that outfit? No, I think something else is going on. A- Alex <laughs> does all this because I don't really uh, interact with uh, Lou that often throughout the week. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. I like the way you said it. No, it, it, Matt, who said it's not true? Me, Max. 
Oh, Max, you don't know shit because it is true. Uh, because I, I don't see her in the day and I don't see her at night. So I never interact with her throughout the week. Like not even for one minute. Oh. Uh, so it's 100% true. There's zero interaction between me and my daughter throughout the week. Well, iPhone cameras are good now. So at least you get to see photos. Of oh, her. yeah. Oh, um, yeah. FaceTime. I do do FaceTime once a day. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you know more than I thought, Max. Uh, Shady, were you in? You were, <laughs> All of our listeners are just very depressed for you. I know. Right yeah. now. I, they're you like, really Max, way, to, way to bring down the pod. Max has stomach issues. <laughs> Shane's an absentee father. Erica's running around like Stone Cold. Uh, no, but when I'm there, I'm there. On the weekends, I'm there 100% of the time. Uh-huh. You're Mr. Dad on the weekends. It's true. We never, like, honestly, Shane, you will not see on the weekends because he's with his kid. Uh, Do you remember when, like, Let's Get Ready to Suck It became a very big thing in the <laughs> 90s? Do you remember that? <laughs> No. Wasn't that, that I was don't th- I never was a big wrestling fan. <laughs> I loved doing the suck it symbol where you, you cross your arms. I used to do that all the time. It was hilarious. That's a wrestling thing? But, but, that, yo, that's, yeah. I know it. Yeah, that's that's from wrestling. Isn't that a thing that the announcers go, but, let's get ready to suck it? No, it's rumble. Let's get ready to rumble. No, but I thought he's saying it was a yeah, take it, on that when suck it. It was a popular. play on let's get ready to rumble. But did yeah. they actually do that in the in the events on TV? Or did I just do that with my friends? <laughs> they probably remember. did. They worked it in as much as possible for like a year-long period. I just remember I was a pretty well-behaved kid, but I just had this one memory of being at like baseball camp when I was like 10, and this was very popular. And I just remember being a little hooligan with like my four or five other friends running around like crazy people. We were probably like high on sugar, just giving the suck it sign to everybody we saw. <laughs> and it was oh, yeah. and it was literally the most like cathartic thing for like a 10-year-old to do. Just like it just brought us so much joy. Just running around being like, suck it! <laughs> and you have no concept of what that actually means. Yeah, like no. you don't actually like think about what you're actually saying. It just you just knew it was kind of naughty, and it was very fun. You know, well, I kind of knew what it meant, but you don't actually expect anyone to give you oral sex afterwards. You're just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's not really a request. Yeah. It's more of a, a statement. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's a lifestyle. Really, it's a yeah. lifestyle. Let's get ready. Uh, you know, you just got me thinking because you're playing in Banff this weekend mm-hmm. and you were looking for costume ideas. Mm. All you should have gone as different wrestlers. You could have come out as a Hulkster. Oh, someone could have been good. Macho Man. Someone mm. could have been Steve Austin. But wrestlers are kind of flamboyant, so maybe you would have just looked like an 80s hair metal band. Yeah. People could also have been kind of funny, too. Yeah. yeah. We're going back to Wild Bills where we played together. I remember yeah. back in my band days, we, yeah. did, we did a gig of Wild Bills. Yeah, I think like Mike D in our band like looks back on that night as one of his like most uh, drunken on-the-road band nights was with you guys. Well, that's that night we, in band. <laughs> that, that, was, that was our value added to uh, touring. <laughs> they were always like, they're such a fun band to tour with. They were. Yeah, you we, guys were. We were a fun band. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, well, What did you get up to this weekend? I, what did I do this weekend? Uh, like you know, like Shane said, that's usually family time, uh, mm-hmm. especially during the day. But a um, couple things. Uh, Friday night, I went and saw that movie Parasite with your good childhood friend, or, Matt, or, Frookman. Matt Frookman. Book Club Maddie. Book Club Maddie uh, from the song Book Club, mm-hmm. which is I think my favorite Arkell song. I think I've said this on this po- uh, that on this podcast before. Uh, so we saw that movie Parasite, which I would recommend. It is a awesome movie i'd also recommend don't read anything about it just go and see it and let it sort of unfold in front of you and it's it's a pretty cool korean film um also i'll say that and that's all i'll say but because i have uh winona you kind of i have to wait till she goes to sleep so Mm. it's it's got to be the late show yeah but then you so like even going to a late show it's like at 10 o'clock then it's like midnight then me and maddie want to chat for a bit then it's like all right we got to get up the next day because the baby's not waiting she gets up at 6 37 so uh and then saturday night i uh I, uh, all the Hamilton guys were in town, all the Champagne mm-hmm. Boys. Oh, yeah, for a Taking Back Sunday concert. They, they all went to the, to the Emo show, uh, Taking Back Sunday. I think they were at Danforth. I'm not yep. sure. But uh, 
there was no way in hell I was going to that show. Uh, <laughs> not my scene. And the raps were playing the Bulls, so I was like, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'm going to hang in. I'll, me and Danica put the baby to bed. But if you guys are around, it's a Saturday night. If, you, if you're getting a drink after, like in my hood, I'm like, I'll definitely come up for a pint. Because like Julian was out, Dawson, Jug, all the guys, Felix. Uh, and yeah, so I went and met them. Ended up being a really, uh, a really fun hang. What, what are you doing? You're looking I, at your I, phone. I'm looking at something that you sent me, actually, uh, which we laughed about. Uh, was just speaking of punk music and how you don't have much of a tolerance for it. <laughs> I don't really have a huge tolerance for. All, I mean, there's some punk music that I do really quite enjoy, but there's a lot of it which is just not totally my thing. And I don't s- mind certain parts of punk. It's screamo that's yeah. not my thing. But go on. Totally. Um, and I don't. I don't even know taking back Sunday's music well enough to even say if this applies to it. Yeah, they're not really screamo. They're just they're emo. But go on. But uh, you sent me a George Harrison interview from 1978. <laughs> yes, I did. And it shows you where my musical yeah, taste is. Yeah, like <laughs> Can you explain uh, the prem- uh, like the general? Vibe I, was, of it I was looking. At, sometimes I like it. to go back and read like old interviews from like Rolling Stone from from over the decades because you'll get like you'll find a cool gem like a Bowie interview from like mm-hmm. 1980 or something. So I found this George Harrison feature from 78 where he. He had been sort of out of the spotlight for a few years, so he gave them like this this a lot of time and a really candid interview because he was promoting a new record. But it was so candid, like he went into how the Beatles were suing each other. He went into like creative differences between the Beatles, and it was just very honest. And, and I also not, like in like I don't give a fucksville. I don't give a shit. I'm I'm in the fucking Beatles. Yeah. I was in the Beatles. I was I'm, 27 years old when the Beatles broke up. What more is there for me to accomplish? Yeah, you know. So it's just very honest and cool. And so they asked him, "Do you like the music that I'll just read you a little bit of this interview that relates to this conversation? Do you do you like the music Paul's making now?" And he goes, "I think it's inoffensive. I've always preferred Paul's good <laughs> melodies to his screaming rock and roll tunes. The tune I thought was sensational on London Town was I'm Caring, but all that noisy, beady things I'm not into at all. But then uh, that's not all. Uh, only with Paul's music that goes right across the board. I'm not a fan of that sort of punky, heavy, tinny stuff. I like a nice melody. And then they're like, the Beatles could turn out their fair rock and roll in their day." And he goes, yeah, we could do all that. Uh, but as far as something as I'm listening to, I'd rather uh, hear someone like Little Richard or Larry Williams. I'd, ra- I'd personally rather hear three notes hit really sweet than hear a whole lot of notes from some guitar player whose ears are so blown out he can't hear the difference between a flat and a sharp. <laughs> just like throwing shade. And then, Paul McCartney? No. no this the, is just the he, music of the day. Oh. The music of the day. More hard stuff. And then he takes another shot at Paul, which is fucking hilarious. Uh, I love this quote oh yeah so he's like it seems as if uh, Paul was the Beatle with you're the least compatible musically you've gone on record as saying you wouldn't play with him again and he goes yeah well well, now we don't have any problems whatsoever as far as uh, being people is concerned and it's quite nice to see him but I don't know about being in a band with him how that would work out it's like we all have our own tunes to do and my problem was that it would always be very difficult to get in on the act because Paul was very pushy in that respect when he succumbed to playing one of your tunes he'd always do good but you'd have to do 59 of Paul's songs before he'd even listen to one of yours (laughs) so in that respect it would be very difficult ever to play with him but you know we're we're cool as far as being pals go (laughs) it's so funny I don't know. I just it's a great interview. Yeah, great interview. So, Recommend it. So for me, my weekend, this is what you need to take away. Sorry. I Go see the movie Parasite and look up the interview with George Harrison, 1978, <laughs> Rolling Stone feature. It's worth your time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shane, you went to PEC this weekend. Yes, we did. I went on a bit of a, uh, a pregnancy mission, I guess, because... <laughs> <laughs> well, Alex, <laughs> Alex had a miscarriage, so uh, she kind of wanted me to pop another one in there as soon as possible. Yeah. So the goal was to have like a kind of a fun weekend where we went and we did just that. So 
Uh, it kind of backfired though, because what happened was we, we just end up drinking very early. Nick Kroll actually does a uh, stand-up routine about this, how when parents get like a night off, they, they go too hard too early. And uh, yeah, we, we long story short, we didn't even end up making out. We just got <laughs> got very drunk and passed out at 1030. So. Hey, for our listeners, uh, yeah. by the way, um, if, Sh- if Shane is sounding at all like flippant about this, uh, you know, sort of maybe a sensitive issue, you can listen to this Family Tree yep. podcast where they actually get into, you know, that experience in more detail and subtlety and sensitivity. So that's just a, yeah. Yeah, I think. It, oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know much more to say about it than what I what I said. No, like, it's yeah, totally fine. Have- yeah. And uh, but yeah. Uh, so you didn't even make up. Is it is the term pop it pop another one back in there? Is that what's offending you, Max? Or do you think the <laughs> I'm not? Listen, I, I'm not I offended. Was, I think it was the swift turn after so because some of our listeners they may not know this. Yeah, so you're just like eh, miscarriage. Had to pop one back in, or it's like you're talking like you're. I don't know. Oh, there was supposed to be like a big pause and then saying, "But we're trying again." <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I guess you got to do. All you. right. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't offend me whatsoever. I'm just, you know. And obviously we all know this, 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 the news. We know we've talked about this now for a while. Like, I guess, I guess Max is thinking about it from their point of view. If the last time thing they heard was that you guys were pregnant a couple podcasts ago, this might be the first time they're hearing that news. So it's just, it might be a jarring turnaround. I don't know. Shane, I didn't even talk to you about this personally on the side. Do you, I guess I should have sent you a note. Do you, no, no, do you care? No, I I didn't think you'd care to hear from me. I mean, maybe I should have anyway. <laughs> Just in general, yeah, that's a true thing. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Unless you have a Raptors ring or a hat or something, I don't really care. <laughs> hey, I do have a t-shirt for you, though. I got hey. you a t-shirt. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, I don't know about, about that. that ring. What happened there? The ring The ring's like sitting in Mandra Ash's office. I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh, what no, I, I kid, but okay. thank you. No, I appreciate it. You know what? I would like con- contemplate giving you the ring if you really wanted the ring, but I would be very pissed off if you end up selling the ring and getting a lot of no, money. No, I, I, w- I would not sell the ring, and I want you to have the ring. Okay. Cool. Oh, that's really nice of you, Shane. It's like Shane gave you a ring. <laughs> <laughs> See how Shane did that? really generous guy. I want you to have the ring, Max. It's like, well, it's mine. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, I was in Halifax this weekend. Yes. Let's get to uh, Max's weekend. You probably had the most interesting weekend. I mean, you were in a very successful touring band. You're playing arenas and shit. Yeah, it was good. It was really fun. It was our first sort of uh, show of the Canadian leg of the Rally Cry tour, the, the second leg of the of the tour, and hadn't been Halifax in a while. Uh, great town. When, great when we used town. to, when our band used to tour, we've been across Canada a few times, uh, West Coast, East Coast, all of it. Halifax was one of my absolute fave cities. Yeah. So it was fun, and uh, to pull back the curtain a little bit, you know, the, the first night. Of the tour, you know, you're working on some new bits, and you're uh, you're hoping they land okay. So I had this uh, conga line thing, which I've done before, but not in that size of a space. Yeah. So you don't know exactly how it'll go. You kind of just hope people, you know, follow the conga line, and you get back to the stage on time. And that worked out very good. Uh, there was another uh, funny. Well, there's a mo- moment that we're trying to do, and in, in then some. So if you're coming to the shows. Um, Act surprised when you hear about it, but basically we've got we've gotten so many emails about and then some being people's first uh, dance at their wedding, mm-hmm. and it's really flattering. And we wish we could come to all these weddings because we get invited to many. Um, so we're I'm going to sing part of the song in the crowd, kind of at the back of the floor where there's room for people to uh, slow dance around me, mm-hmm. and we have a microphone set up there. Um, but basically, what ends up happening is that 
everybody just leaves their seats and just comes down to the general mission and the security guards can't do anything about it. And so it kind of turns into like a bit of a free for all and no one's actually dancing with each other. They're just sort of hovering on top of me. So it didn't quite work, but I think there's, there's gotta be a way to troubleshoot that. Yeah. Um, more security, more security. Yeah. Um, or like maybe, you know, you get like a velvet rope where you have to sort of be let in by a bouncer, like into this like special <laughs> get, dance force. an space. actual bouncer. Hire like an actor that looks the part. Yeah. You yeah. can make it all a whole thing. Uh, yeah. I'd be like, yeah. Um, yeah, you have to show your ID or something, your wedding license or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing, which is kind of, I thought was kind of funny, was I was just walking around Halifax with um, manager Ash, kind of going through the set and just talking things through because that's what we like to do. And I was like talking about, I was like, oh, is there a way to sort of like um, update sort of like the introduction thing that I like to say during Michigan Left. And this is something that you and I have workshopped. And, I, and it's at a place that I'm very, I feel really good about. It kind of sets the tone of the night. Like we talk about like what the show is about, how we ought to treat each other, what you, you know, really encourage singing, set dancing, tone. set the tone, all that stuff. So then I was like, all right, I was thinking of this other thing. Maybe I add to it. I was just thinking about saying something that's like, you know, our ca- everybody out there, this is like a uh, rock and rolls community fair. This is like a potluck dinner. Now, our cows are going to provide the main course, but who's bringing the appetizers? Who's bringing the dessert? Who's going to get the dance floor started? What's going on? And then Ash just goes, you kind of sound like a parody of yourself right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, you did not run that copy by me. <laughs> no, 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 I didn't. She was like, Max, like that, that sounds like somebody making fun of you. Uh, and then I was like, all right, fair enough. I won't. I won't use that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, wait a second. What? I didn't hear this one. Uh, yeah, so yeah. pass on that one. Yeah, so we pass on that yeah. one. But anyway, the show was fucking awesome, and yeah, fuck it looked really awesome. Yeah, everything yeah. on social media looked. Great well, time. here's the thing: people in Halifax want to have a good time. They do. They do. Mm-hmm. Last time we played in Halifax, uh, it was in the middle of February, and it was a brutal winter storm. Like uh, the, the the New Brunswick show got canceled, and we barely got to Halifax, and we barely got out of Halifax too. Was, um, during the show, it started to snow, and the bus couldn't leave for another. Th- four hours um and this time it was a beautiful day the turnout was like double it was really good yeah. amazing um but anyway maybe this segues into our interview with hawaii mighty because she was on the show that's perfect yeah. uh yeah so you uh you played uh this weekend with hawaii mighty yeah and uh this is uh we've been fans of her for a long time she just won the player's prize as you mentioned um, Mother Mother was also on the bill Old friends of ours Amazing band Former pod guests Former pod guests It was really awesome To hang out with them They're just such good people And we were blown away Watching them perform uh, But the first of three On these shows um, Is usually Kind of designated For an up and coming act And it's a tough when, you, when you're a younger band That's used to playing clubs And we've been in this position before It's a tough show Because working the stage and arena is actually a tough thing to do. You guys did it. It's like it, there's, oh yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a unique skill set that you can only kind of acquire by doing it a bunch. Yep. Uh, anyway, all to say, Havaya came on stage. I don't think she'd ever done a show that big before, but she fucking was incredible. Like she just owned the whole thing. She was like relentless in her like conviction to her performance because and, and we talked about it after she's like you know they can smell it on you if, if you're if you're fearful out there oh yeah you know and so you have to be just like keep pummeling them with whatever your best version of your energy is yeah and that's exactly what she did and she was very very impressive it was really fun to, to play with her 
Yeah, like we said, her album Thirteenth Floor uh, it won the Players Music Prize, which is a very big deal. She she did a performance. We talked about this in the interview uh, with choreographed dance. She had a band. She hadn't performed like that before, uh, and, and it's it was an interesting um, conversation for a few reasons. But it was it was cool because I feel like this was one that like you and manager Ash like personally were like, let's have this conversation mm-hmm. because you guys are, are into sort of what she's doing right now. Yeah, totally. And like uh, for those that aren't familiar with the Players Prize. Uh, it is a music prize that is uh, given to the best record of the year, and it's voted on by by people that are music journalists and other members of the music community. But there, there's like a bunch of jury members, and the, the list goes from 40 down to 10, and then they announce the winner at an award show. And it's and it's usually for like it's it's a like a little more like kind of critically acclaimed arty records. They're not worried about like what's the most popular thing of the day or what's being necessarily pushed by labels. It's really like, it's based on the Mercury prize out of the UK where it's supposed to be like a real music person's prize. Yeah. And so, and she won it. Your friend won last year, right? Uh, Jeremy Dutcher. Jeremy, yeah. 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 Well, So here's what we're going to do. This is this episode's a little bit more like an old school Mike and Much episode. Mm-hmm. Where we're going to go to this uh, interview with Havaya. And then after that, we're coming back to do kind of like a, I don't know if it's going to be a, a dessert per se, but we're going to be talking about uh, Kanye West with Shane Cunningham mm-hmm. uh, and, and the rest of us here in the room. So stick around. But in the meantime, check out this conversation with Havaya Mighty, uh, Max, and myself. Want to get to it? Let's do it. You guys were just you were pod foddering. Yeah, well, we're playing together in a couple days. Which is exciting. Yeah. So uh, I'm glad we could do that together because we've been following you on, uh, Arkell's been following you on Instagram for like a while. And Manager Ash, she's been like praising you to me for like a very long time. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So, and you're playing, so we're both going to be in Halifax this weekend. Yeah. And you already have a club show, right? That night, are you doing a doubleheader? Yes. Yeah. 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 Doubleheader. I was looking at their manager. That's a like, cool term. That's a cool term. Like, yeah. Let's play two. <laughs> I know. I knew we were playing two, but I was like, I had to think of if it was like doubleheader. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Back I, to back. But it is. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah. And Exciting. Challenging. Yeah. It's gonna be. It's gonna be awesome. We're, we're so excited to have you on the show. Um, but you're wearing a long McQuaid jacket, <laughs> and I heard that there's another connection with Arkells. Have you heard about this? I think. I think I might know, even well, though I don't. I think I just know what you're talking about. So, t- uh, Tim, our drummer, his in-laws, yeah, Sarah Robson's parents work at Long McQuaid, and you yeah. work at Long McQuaid. Yeah, I know, and very, very, That's very, so very funny. well. So, how long uh, how, have you have you known them for? Like four years. I worked there for like four years. Oh, crazy. This is just an aesthetic choice. Like I don't work it's, there anymore. It's a cool bar. Yeah. 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 I, like, I kind of want one too. Maybe yeah. maybe Tim's in-laws can they hook need us to up. Go, yeah, no, they, they need, need to go to another out. business with this jacket. But yeah, no, like, yeah, I, I, I haven't Brampton spoken too to Anya, as well. but I work at the Brampton location. But I, and Tim's in-laws are from Brampton too. So, oh, see, yeah. Yeah, okay, that's cool. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Small world. Yeah, I like that we're, we're going back and, and, and starting this sort of like this job at Long and McQuaid because I kind of wanted to start at the start because I read that um, you come from a musical home. So we wanted to know, like, yeah. what, what, were your, what are your parents like? You know, what do they do? Well, my mom works in the hospital field. She's like a big boss in that world. So she does big things and lots of tough things to even hear about. So, you know, I really respect her. And then my dad, he's just all things hands-on, but he drives a truck uh, and has his own business with that and yeah they're just so dope both of them but they're so supportive of their children who are all really musical so like me i have three sisters um and they all play the piano 
and we all used to sing together as the Mighty Family. And my little brother now, he's 18, but he produces. So like we we all kind of just have a love for music and just do it in our spare time. Was oh, Mighty your actual last name? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was just a sick stage name. Oh no! I thought Hawaii people- Mighty was like yo. I when I when I first heard your name, I was like, that's the coolest fucking name. Great job <laughs> on like whoever brainstormed that one. <laughs> so that's your name. Yeah. Oh, that's an amazing last name. Yeah. Mighty. It's, yeah. on, it's on the government ID. It's, yeah. like, it's so yeah, fierce. You can't run from it. <laughs> oh, that's cool. It was an easy choice. Yeah. One of the easiest titles to come up with yeah. is the name. But yeah, so like we like played as the Mighty Family as like young people. So so like do your parents like do they play? Were they like like, like let's do this. Let's, let's make this band. Like where does the music sort of come from? They're, I think they're just musical. They're lovers of music and just, just fans. Like, understand the importance of having musicality i think and they saw that in my their first child my oldest sister and i think that that's what like led them to like put her in something that she excelled in and then it just like was like logical for all the other kids who were expressing in similar ways you know like they don't they themselves are not musicians but they're avid supporters lovers and like creatives in, in their own right too you know um but more so in the kids you see like the creative aspect of music coming out. So like piano players, we all sing. My brother produces, he's crazy. And <laughs> yeah, and then like me and what I do. So I know it comes from the youth. It comes kind of natural, like literally like singing. I took singing lessons and so like performing and being adjudicated and all that sort of stuff is like the early beginning. What right? cover songs did you do in the in, in the early days? Mostly Disney. Disney? <laughs> oh, nice. Disney, Broadway, like all that sort of stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was like the, the wave. So, like, is there any musicals. original video of this of this stuff with you uh, and your siblings? There's like VCR footage somewhere. Uh, nice. <laughs> I just went to go see Tegan and Sarah on the weekend. Yeah. And they just put out this memoir about uh, their high school days. And there's a lot of awesome, like, uh, VHS footage of them, like, performing That's in so high school. Cool. It, was, it was like. It's amazing. Also, super cringy. Like, if I were them, I could never do it because I can't look at like a picture from two weeks ago. So, uh, but uh, I yeah, but mean. I admire them. They're they really putting all that. That's up. cool. Yeah. I want to see that. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, Max was mentioning you might be doing a double header in Halifax, which you know, doing lots of shows, it's a big like. Uh, I think it takes a strong work ethic, and it seems mm-hmm. like you have like this strong sort of ethos. Two questions. Where do you think that comes from? Is that something that uh, sort of, I guess this is more general. Do you think that a work ethic is learned or it's inherent? Do you think you have it within you or do you think it's something that you can develop? Uh, That's a good one. I I think, for me, I think it's a combination of of the two. So I think like it depends on who you are and like what comes out. But for me, I think, you know, being the regimen of like rehearsing like came really early because I had to like it came with the lessons of singing and like the growth is like I mean my parents were just like they had me rehearsing so like I just learned to do it and then I think you know I learned to do it and apply to things I actually care about and like not as much Mm. the things I don't care about and like I very much care about my live performance so like just spending a lot of time like making sure that that moment is like right and like tailored to like the audience like you have you I find you can spend I spend less time building it now because there's certain things that I've built that are repeated like rehearsing lyrics and getting good at doing that live comes faster yeah you know what I mean I do yeah but when you're working in like hardware for example or anything like that that's like a new thing like you have to figure out those new things so like I feel like I try to challenge myself and switch that thing up a lot and 
like make it as challenging as it like I know I can possibly handle uh but also like something that's different for the audience it's different than the listening experience of the album like they want the the show experience to be something something that like you can only really experience one time sure like, otherwise gonna, you could sit at home and listen to the record yeah like what what is the why 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 should you come like why should you come out of your house i want people to tell their friends uh, to come to my live show and I want but I have to give them a reason to say that or beyond feel, just seeing you yeah some, like for some people that's the thing it's like oh I get to see that person that I listen to there they are there's that person yeah and you can work and strive to achieve that too yep. like that's cool like and I think that comes with it the you know the more you move towards your craft and the more people receive it well if that comes with it that's cool but like that's not really what I'm yeah yeah like seeking so like yeah but I feel like hard work it, like it's easy to do when you really, really care about the thing and you care about the re- the resolution of it, the, re- the resolve of it. Like I just care a lot about what the live show looks like, so I feel like I have to put the time in to like make it look good. And that just I don't know. Maybe that is somewhat within, but I also feel like the things I saw early growing up, like what like demanded that of me too. So like if I was able to like kind of get away with like not rehearsing like I don't know like maybe it would translate different to me now maybe I would have a different work ethic so it's hard to say with my circumstance because I can really only see it from my circumstance but are you playing with a uh, DJ and a band or how are you doing I'm playing with a DJ um and I like utilize a vocal pedal okay cool yeah but like no go on that's that's what my normal set is like. Mm-hmm. You did uh, Polaris. You did it with a band, at Polaris. Right? I did it with a DJ and a band. And a band, yeah. yeah. How's that? That was sick. Yeah. Well, this is what I was gonna say. Was with the the Polaris performance. It's like uh, you have the band. You have the choreographed dance that's going on. Yeah. Sort of like, Very jealous of. <laughs> Shall be, I get some contact information after the interview. About that. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> um, which feels like uh, I was wondering is that sort of like an evolution of where you want to go as a performer, or was that more of like a, this is a one time special thing. I think it's a little bit of both. Like, it was a one-time special thing, and, like, I hope to do many one-time special things until I can afford to make every show a one-time special thing, Sure, sure. I mean, like I said, like, you try to tailor for every show, so you know what you're working with. I try to make every show special. But, yes, when you have the ability to do what I was able to do with the Polaris, like, the the ability to just get a little bit of budget, pull in people for it, and, like, allocate money for it and make it make sense. Yeah. In a way where, like, it might not make sense for, like, a a random show in a random city because a lot of them might be considered that, and they're all dope, special, amazing shows, but how do you justify, like, the cost of the flights for all of the dancers? and It's just a lot, The practicality of it sometimes takes away from the creative. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you I, make the most of whatever the situation is. That's that's how our bands always operated. It's like, all right, well, if we're just going in with just the five of us. That's it, we'll make it special for that reason. And then, yeah. and then if we can bring the horn section, that'll be a different thing. Or if it's an acoustic show, it's a different thing. So yeah. You, but what I love about your Instagram story is that it's like it's fearless, and I feel like every artist should just like watch it because you don't give a fuck about like the size of the crowd where it's at you're just like i'm gonna fucking slap all you around right now and we're gonna have a good time <laughs> together and it's it's really inspiring because i feel like there is a mental yeah. hurdle with any artist that goes out on tour is that it's like and we we we've had to go through it as well it's like not every show is going to be the biggest show of your fucking life and but how do you make the most out of the smaller opportunities and as funny i was talking to mike our guitarist the other day and um we played some like shitty show in Long Island. It was like a beer festival. And it was like one of those shows where it was like, why the fuck are we here? Like, yeah. what are we doing? But then 
that was like maybe a year and a half ago. And then we played in Brooklyn last week. And someone was like, I never heard of you guys, but I saw you guys play this beer thing in Long Island and you blew me away. You know, you're my favorite band. I was like, all right, it was fucking worth it. I'm That's glad we tried our sick. hardest. I'm glad we did our best. Just for that one person. Yeah, just because, all right, just we, we got that. a couple that night. So That's that's great. And I feel like watching your Instagram story, it's like you are, whether or not it feels like the best in the moment, like there are people that are walking away going like, oh, fuck, am I mighty? Shit. You know what I mean? And, that, and I think that's the only way for like, any artist to think about it otherwise like yeah. it's, it's it's very easy to get discouraged yeah i think so i think like I, I, touring i think is a big part of what a lot of musicians like trajectory will look like and like not everything looks the same like some people won't tour like some people are streaming artists and it is what it is but you know for me i love the art of the live performance aspect it's been a part of my early beginnings as you know as far back as it goes yeah and i've learned to love aspects of it and there's like tough parts about it like that you have to learn to love like the anxious part like mm -hmm. right before you play and like yeah. you know maybe i don't love that but there's like i love being on stage so it's just like that when you when people when it translates like, like that love it translates to the audience and then it resonates to into whatever it does to them and then they can like you get the opportunity to speak to a few people and they can tell you what it meant like that's dope it's like validating and yeah sometimes it's just like the reason like beyond like being able to sustain yourself off of it that you do it you mentioned the sort of the nervousness sometimes before just going on stage <laughs> because uh the players was a more unique performance with a band with dancers what was your mindset going into uh, that? <laughs> uh, i feel like i almost puked really <laughs> yeah. okay like almost like maybe i did a little bit <laughs> no i don't know it was i was nervous i was very nervous it was like the first time that I was performing original music with a band that I was really critical of, like, what the performance would be like. In a way where, like, I've done, like, one-off songs with, like, people that that are elements of the band that yep. are not necessarily my band. And, like, it's one song, and you're not playing to the track, so you don't even necessarily feel the waver of tempo and stuff like that. But with this, it was, like, clicked out. We, 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 we did a few rehearsals. We didn't have a lot of time to really... You know, ensure, ensure, ensure that it was exactly what we wanted. But, like, we did have enough time to, like, map it out and run it. And so a little bit nerve-wracking to know that I'm putting that trust in other people for such a big moment. Uh, and then the trust I have to put in myself for that big moment. And, you know, just, like, blocking and spacing. And, like, you know, you had a quick rehearsal on the stage. It was very quick. Mm. You don't really have time to really do all of that. We learned... While on stage, certain moves didn't work. Certain things had to be amalgamated. And then, yeah, you don't get a chance to even run that change. Tomorrow, you're just doing just it. Just got to have faith. Yeah, and so there was a lot of, like, just got to have faith going yeah. into that. And, like, the, you know, the moment itself was nerve-wracking just because of, like, who's in the room. And the, the point is I didn't really know who's in the room. I just know there's supposed to be a lot of who's in the rooms, you know. Yeah. And, like, that's enough to, to make me feel what I was feeling. But, yeah, once I got into the performance, it was cool. Like, it was, I knew it felt like an important moment and I wanted to perform big, you know. Um, and I feel like we were able to do that. And I learned some things from that performance too um, that maybe I would change when I get another opportunity to do like another big performance where I can pull in more elements. Mm -hmm. um, and I can't wait to do that again. But like, it was great. It was like a really exhilarating experience. Um, the performance was as much of a, a win to me as the win was. I don't know. Like that for me was like, like wow, like we could do that. Like that yeah. was the biggest performance I've ever built, um, and I had a lot of help, and and everybody helped in such an incredible, amazing way. And like, yeah, like I just I want to do that again. It's a different type of 
artistry. Like it's yeah. not just building a song anymore. And it was really cool to like ha- kind of have to take the lead on it. Um, but being able to do it and then bring other people in who could like help me bring it to the finish line, you know. Um, one of the things we want to talk about is you talk about race and sexuality in a really progressive way, but it's always fascinating because how do you reconcile maybe elements of the hip hop community that don't necessarily align with those values or your values? Wow, that's a great question. Um, newer and even some older hip hop is different than the themes that I'm talking about specifically. Specifically, on I'd say like the genderism maybe and and, mm-hmm. and sexuality a bit, yeah, for sure. Um, I think the being black concept is a theme that you know has been in hip hop for for a bit, and the tra- the trauma that comes with that. So I feel like there's parallels in that way, but yeah, I think in the gender realm there are differences but yeah i don't know i just i come i come i approach a record with whatever is in my head at the moment i try to like learn and absorb from people that i have conversations with and if there's something monumental or something that i just keep remembering like when i go into like writing process like i'll stumble back on that idea or i'll take notes on my phone and try to like revisit those ideas and and i for me the things that are important are the things that i've channeled to be able to like do what i'm doing right now so like realizing my strength realizing my power and realizing my own beauty is something that for me has made it easier to make music and so like i just try to put that same you know champion approach that i try to have for myself for the listener so like for some people, it's just not going to be their cup of tea. Like hip hop could, there's elements of hip hop that are more just fun and in in new age culture yeah. hip hop, and it's just fun elements. And sometimes it's like you don't always really need to even be able to make out the lyrics for the record to be dope. And I get it. Like I listen to music like that too. Like I understand it. I just don't make that. It would be inauthentic coming from me anyway. So it's like not difficult to approach writing the way that I do. Like is, and I I also feel like my era was like just before this newer age era, like right before. So I feel like I got into hip hop in, in a time where it still kind of felt like what we look at, at look at as early hip hop. So mm. like I came in with battle rap elements. Like that's how I started. So my flow has that vernacular to it. Like I care about your, the syllables and the wordplay and metaphor usage and that sort of stuff. And, like, so when you hear new rappers that, like, do that, like, they stand out. Like, YBN Corday is one of those new rappers. And I'm hearing his name so much. And when I listen to his flow, it's like, yeah. Classic thing. He has that, he has this classic element to his flow. Anderson Pack, classic flow. That R&P song is so good. It's so good. And the classic beat, too. Like, it feels like Dre a little bit. It's so dope. And those things, they really, you just notice that they stand out. And, like. So like I I'm, I'm I just I feel like I'm listening to this pool of like new music and you're hearing elements from the old but you're also hearing elements of new and you're hearing sing rap and all of it and I feel like there's something to, something to appreciate from all of it yeah and then my sound is just an amalgamation of what I'm what I've intook and what I've you know remembered from my early years and it's just like I really don't have that much control over it other than the refinement of it um, yeah yeah. Well, speaking of other artists, is there anyone that you sort of uh, have looked at and said, I like the way that they do it? Someone in particular, we go, I kind of want to model sort of it, whether it's career path or or even style after. You know what I mean? Because you listen, I'm sure Mac could name 
three people that he's gone like I like what they do. Yeah, or is there an amalgamation of like I like this and that? Like, because all creative people sort of pull from sort of what they learn, what they come up with. Is there anyone yeah. that you're like I like the way that's done, and that's what I'm going to pull from as I go forward? Or do you try to stay wholly sort of untouched and just sort of? I think I like elements of different things people have done, but um, I try not to follow. And I don't, I don't know that anybody's whole path would ever even like make sense for, sure. for me. So. But I do like individual things that people have done. Um, like I think about the artists that are also entrepreneurs and they have clothing lines and they have mm. investments and other things. Are you excited for the new Kanye record? It's tomorrow, yeah, right? I, I, he says it's tomorrow, but is that what he, I didn't? I knew it was like sort of coming, but like tomorrow, I think the I record I think is it like tomorrow. the gospel record? Yeah, Jesus I only sort of kind of know about it, but I'm always kind of excited for even if I don't want to be like I'm always kind of excited for I'm Kanye always creativity. Excited, yeah. Um, so yeah, if it's coming tomorrow, I'll be <laughs> I have a flight, so hopefully I can um, hopefully yeah, I yeah. can get that before I take off. But I don't know what to expect. I haven't really paid attention to. But he's an stuff. entrepreneur, and he's a he's an ambitious right. guy when it comes Somebody to live like, performances. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He also yeah. He, even the way that he challenges creativity, I'm inspired by that too. Like for sure, I listened to a lot of Kanye when I was younger. Um, but yeah, so people that think outside of the box in different realms. So any realm that I sort of notice, I'm having an interest in, like. If for one week I'm like really into the idea of learning a new language and I talk to someone that knows five, I'm like, oh. <laughs> you know, and I'll be so convinced that I'm going to learn. Like, and I, I'm still convinced. I'm gonna what do you got so far? You got English? <laughs> yeah, I got English. That's, <laughs> I got too. English. The end of the list. That's yeah. it. You know, um, I want to learn something for sure. But yeah, there's people that are, you know, taking that entrepreneurial approach, which I think, you know, for me is really cool. Mind expansion. Um financial expansion opportunity expansion it's like a great thing to delve into if you can do it in a way you can like support your other goals other goals like doing things that are not necessarily music based um but using your music path as the support system for this other endeavor it could be anything like you could do an investment in a in a recreation center for a month in a certain area or whatever like it could be anything if you have the means with which to make it happen but yeah. like and i feel like the closest i've ever been to having the means to an end is through music so i would utilize that and they go together like you i my music is intended to do the same thing that many of these initiatives intent is it might be for different groups at different times but you know like you have the same goal as these people you can collaborate with or you know ideas you can create on your own and bring other people in whatever it is um but then, like, also within the creative element, like directing a music video, or I'm very interested in a lot of different sides of things. Um, I I don't know where things are going to take me because of that. Yeah, I do know that I have like a priority in you know seeing through being Hawaii mighty and, and and being a musician and creating original music that that matters to me and hopefully matters to others and that is like my pinnacle right now that's like where the priority goes but other endeavors to support that or yeah. support others and in other initiatives i'm always looking into what that world will look like too so as we wrap up uh i was going to ask what you think about the canadian hip-hop scene what parts excite you and, and what parts do you find frustrating maybe i think it's exciting that there's a bit more of a spotlight on the Canadian hip hop scene right now, and then even outside of hip hop, like we're hearing names of cities being dropped and interviewers that are that, like we turn to that pop up on our YouTube and stuff like that. Um, and it's just po pointing a spotlight to the artists that are from here and creating as 
foundation for them to have a sustainable career, which is incredible. Um, I feel like it's a bit late. Um, I feel like there's other musicians who've, who've left incredible marks on the city and done incredible things, but maybe didn't weren't able to cut through at a time when the climate didn't invite that as much, I guess. Um, and I feel like, I, I don't know, I, being in it is so different from like just looking at it. You know, I feel like, you know, my album 13th Floor was the first hip-hop album to win a Players. Yeah, congrats. So, thank you so much. But it like, makes you think two things, like, like, wow, about time. But then also, like, wow, about time. Like, so, like, you could say that same statement in a different tone, and it could yeah. mean a completely different thing. So it depends on who's looking at it. For me, having been the person who won, it's like, wow, about time. Because mm-hmm. it's like, I'm a part of that shift. And for somebody else, it might be like, man, I've been waiting for this. Like, it's too late. Like, Yep. Who's like, your favorite Canadian rapper? Oh, I don't know. Like, it's probably me. <laughs> okay, after you, you can't include yourself. That's a great answer. Ah, favorite Kenny. I don't know if I have a favorite rapper. Period. So, all right, name a couple that jumped to mind. Claremont the second. Mm-hmm. I love him. He's sick. He's dope. Um, Sean Leon. I like them both. They're both on my album. Yeah. Um, right now I'm trying to listen to to more. There's a bunch of names on my Spotify. I would I don't know that I love them, but they there's like like they have like dope records or I'm learning. We can just say Hawaiian Mighty. That's fine. Hawaiian Mighty's pretty she's pretty dope. I don't know, that's a great <laughs> answer. Yeah. She's pretty dope. The girls in the sorority, those girls are pretty dope too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> how'd that happen by the way? Joining them? Yeah, how'd that all come together? Through a cipher that we did. And then it was just like there was a lot of demand for those girls that were in the cipher and then it turned into a rap crew. Yeah. <laughs> It's cool. Do you like collaboration more than being solo, or do you prefer to sort of do your own thing? Um, I like both. I think I'm a bit of a control freak. Sure. So, <laughs> um, when it comes to like how much I'll feel gratified at the end, yeah. I think when I have more control over it, I'll naturally feel more gratified. Not control, but it kind of is control yeah. <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Like just, just, just spearheading the image or the vision. So like you're super passionate about it, like. When I'm working with the sorority, I'm working on something that we're all passionate about. And I'm sure that I that there are topics that we're all very passionate about. But a lot of things on 13th floor, like, per, per, they're personal things. Like, they happen to me or you really can't get closer than that. So being rewarded off of that is naturally going to be closer to home than, like, being rewarded off of something that we built together because it's a personal thing. It's, like, physically closer to home. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else, Max? No, thanks so much. Thanks for your time. See you in Halifax. Appreciate it. Two days. Yeah, Yeah. sick. Welcome back to the show. Thanks so much to Havaya Mighty for chatting with Max and I. Hope you guys enjoyed that because we enjoyed sitting down with her. Uh, we're going to do some more topics mm-hmm. here. Uh, a couple things. We're going to get to Kanye and his new record, Jesus is King. But before that, uh, Shaney, one of the reasons you are down and out is because you're sick. You you have the flu. You think this has been happening for a week. Did you get your flu shot this season? I, I was supposed to get it last Monday, but I was feeling uh, ill on last Monday. And you're not supposed to get it if you're having any flu symptoms. So I was waiting until uh, this Monday, which was yesterday, but that's when I actually got the full-blown flu. So I didn't have the time, unfortunately. And there's no real good excuse for it because I should have gotten it er- earlier. Yeah. Max, do you have your flu shot? No, I haven't got one forever. And Lauren is, always scolds me about it. I know. I get scolded, too. I haven't had one in a couple years. Uh, yeah. 
I just don't, yeah, I just don't get sick very often, and I just like, yeah, it's fine. Everybody else is getting the flu shot. They'll take care of it. I don't know. Erica, do you have your flu shot? No. When was the last time you got one? Yeah. I don't know if I've ever had one. I'm, well, I must have had one when I was like a wee mm. child. Oh, but, but you, like as an adult, you've never got one? No, and I, don't, I didn't as a kid either. I think I'm in one of those families where... <laughs> flu shot deniers. Yeah, I don't know. This might be controversial. I, I have no idea. If there's, there's like anti-flu a, shotters. There probably is. But she currently has polio. Yeah, could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, definitely vaccinated. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah no, I I never did, and so. But yeah, this is a PSA. Get your flu shots, everybody, so yeah. you can take care of the rest of us. Shane, do you normally get your flu shot? Uh, yeah, I do. I didn't when I was younger, and most people don't. And the common reason is people think that it's about themselves, like protecting themselves or themselves not getting sick. But really, it's about uh, people who are elderly and babies and people who are uh, immunocompromised. Mm. So that's like people like Alex, who has lupus, uh, people like that who have uh, weakened immune systems. So it's not even like you think, oh, why would I get it? It, If I get a little flu, boo-hoo, who cares? But it's about the people who can actually be gravely ill if they catch something from you. And that's the reason you should. Well, well, my wife has lupus, so Mm -hmm. I care more about it maybe than... I would otherwise. It it's it's effective sixty eighty percent of the time. So you know you can look at that like oh so forty percent of the time it's not, but still sixty percent is saving a lot of people from uh, uh, having a very bad time and potentially a deadly time. Well, so. for me, I mean, I I do love to visit my ninety three year old grandmother, so this is a reason why I should do it. But that aside, um. It would be an excuse not to visit my friend's kids because I'd be like, "Sorry, guys, uh, <laughs> yeah, didn't didn't get my flu shot. Don't wanna don't wanna risk anybody here. So I won't be able to make that one year old birthday party. Sorry, I I wish I could. Haven't got my flu shot yet. I'm so sorry. Uh, I will be at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> well, I messaged. Uh, I was supposed to go on my friend Jr. Diggs' podcast. He has like a video podcast. I was supposed to go on Monday. And I told him, oh, I'm such a dummy. I didn't get my flu shot. Now I'm sick. And he told me, uh, your body needs to fight through stuff like the flu, and it gets better at it. If, uh, if a flu shot temporarily flights off, fights off the flu bug, it will just find another different way to attack your body, ride it out, and just <laughs> chill and let it pass. So this is a common thought of a lot of people who are like anti-vaxxers and <laughs> against uh, flu shots. But I, I like I do getting find medical that... advice from Jared Diggs. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it is. It's a common thought that, that uh, people have. And, you know, a lot of people are for uh, vaccinations, but the flu one they don't necessarily believe in. I, uh, you know, my, my wife's an educator too, so I, I tend to listen to her and the fact that she's a compromised, compromised immune system uh, hits home a little harder. So that's just my advice to people. So mm. are anyway. we, I don't even know this, forgive my ignorance if it is, but is the flu shot considered like a controversial on the same level of like vaccination no. or climate change or these things that people sort of don't believe? No, I think it's just like recommended, but it's not as severe as a vaccination thing. Right. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. All right, let's talk about Kanye. Kanye West just came out with a record, guys. Uh, Jesus is King. It's a gospel record, officially. It is a religious charting record. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is its category. Uh, now, I feel like I'm, I am I know Max is, is a, a lifelong Kanye fan. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Shaney, I believe uh, you're a Kanye fan as well. Yeah, I would say I'm a lifelong fan. Yeah, I, I enjoy Kanye. I, I, I'm not like I'm not super into him. I'm, I'm certainly not, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. In the last year and a half, I've I found him fascinating, sort of uh, bordering on um, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But again, that's my opinion. People can have all sorts of opinions, and to agree with that opinion. But Shane, you put it in the group. What do you? What, what are your thoughts on it? 
But so, sorry, are, are we talking about fan of his music or fan of his personality? We'll talk specifically about Jesus is King. Let's talk about the record yeah. first because that's what came out and that's what people are talking about. Do people, in, or actually more specifically, Shane, do you enjoy this record? Uh, yeah, well, just to clarify, I was always talking about his music. Like, I I don't, I, he'd probably be very annoying to as a person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like as a hang? You're hanging at a bar? Yeah, you know, he goes through those fits of mania that uh, that are kind of embarrassing and unbearable. But uh, <laughs> as far as an album, I've never really listened to non-secular music before, and I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was going to be, like, kind of bad. Like, I expected to be cringing the whole way through because I watched his um, his interview on Letterman, and he seemed very unhinged. And I wonder if that was going to translate to his music, but... I really do think he is a musical genius. So I I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I definitely think he's a musical genius. And also, his last record, like he's been consistently great and innovative throughout his whole career. And I'd say this one, it might be uh, at least to m- uh, my ears, and I've only listened to it about three or four times, his sort of like least focused record and it seemed a little bit rushed and it's, it was missing like a couple of the bangers that I like in a Kanye record. But uh, most times, a year after it comes out, I go, oh, wow, okay, he was sort of ahead of the curve on this. And there's something that's revealed in the record that I didn't recognize in the moment, but I appreciate later. Um, you know, it's another funny thing, though. It's like I'm not a religious person at all on any, on any level. But when it comes to like the traditional black gospel music, I'm all about it. Like I could like I could listen to black gospel music every day of the week and kind of even get into the message to a degree. Uh, where if it was any other kind of like religious music espousing the same values or the same ideas, I'd be like I'd roll my eyes and I'd turn it off immediately. We're talking about delivery mechanism, yeah, because which, because it's so because because sonically it's so pleasing and the melodies are so good and the vibes are so good. You're not even really thinking about the message necessarily because you're just like I just like this delivery mechanism. Or I'm giving the message more credence because it's delivered in such a great way. This is like whenever I have like friends that go to like evangelical, uh, sorry, um, like Canadian Protestant churches sure. or Catholic churches. Like entertainment value fucking sucks. It's like, like I like. It's true. It's just like, yo, show me a decent time. If you want me to get on board, like the song's got to be better. You're talking about the showbiz and religion. Got, yeah, exactly. And it, and and then you go by, you know, it's like these sort of southern black gospel churches, and and they're having a fucking great time. And and then I go, yeah, I believe in Jesus now for sure. Because <laughs> it's a party. Yeah. <laughs> what about God rock bands like Creed or something like that? Do you think they deliver? No. See, I don't like the tunes as much. I think it just kind of comes down. It's like, is it a hit or not? <laughs> <laughs> um, Erica, what's your sort of lifelong relationship with Kanye been like? Are you are you a fan? Is he just sort of someone in pop culture that you sort of see out there, or are you yeah. like a consumer of him? No, he's quite distant to me. I liked his stuff when it was more poppy just because I'm not a huge hip hop fan in general. But since he started just like being manic and kind of mean and crazy, I've just like really not loved him at all. So like the last like few albums I haven't listened to, but like, yeah. You know, okay, so we put we put this game, uh, you know, if I'm in a group of friends or with Lauren or whatever, and uh, – and we'll be like, you know, which of our friends is the first going to have a baby or which is the first uh, group of uh, person in our friend group to get married 
or get divorced. <laughs> or, no, we never would talk about that. But um, <laughs> um, but then another one is like, uh, and we joke about this with each other a lot. It's like, what would happen if I got really religious? Like Lauren literally said that to me the other day. Like, if I got like really religious, like, yeah. what would you make of me? Kind of thing. Would 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 you be able to stick with me? And I'm thinking about our friend group. It's like, which which one of our friends would be most likely to get like very very into religion? And in a weird way, I think it's Shane. Oh wow! And that's not. It's, I feel like yeah. you have a very um, sort of intense personality where you can get really into stuff, Shane. It's like if you're into working, yeah, out, I agree. You're, yeah. you're you're really into working out or like whatever it is. Like you can get very taken by it, and mm-hmm. I feel like you need to have that kind of personality because you hear about people later in life becoming devoutly religious for whatever reason. Sure, and that always very, that fascinates me. And, I, and if you go through the, our friends, like, it wouldn't be Dan, it wouldn't be you, it wouldn't be Greg, like, it wouldn't be Peak, it wouldn't be Sean, I don't think. Like, just go through the names. I think it's you. Do, would you agree, Shane? A hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shane's actually right now in church robes. <laughs> yeah, with some holy water on the floor. So anyway, I, 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 so when you say you agree with Max's assessment of your personality mm-hmm. type, I, or do you feel like I mean you've talked about uh, that you do you do believe in, in a god somewhat? Do you find that when you hear a no, record like wait, this? Wait, I did. Uh, well, we talked about. Uh, sorry, the, you were high on shrooms that time. Yeah, oh. You were baptized, though, <laughs> yeah. no? You found a god. Uh, no, I uh, said I am God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we had a discussion uh, like a couple months ago, sort of about uh, what we tended to believe, in, and it was right around the time you got baptized, or we were trying to get baptized, and that that guy pulled <laughs> the knife on you. Baptized. Yeah, I think they denied you. I can't remember exactly the story, <laughs> but. No, um, I what I was saying is I believe in. Uh, no God, just as much as I believe in a God, so I'm right. purely agnostic. Did this did this Kanye record uh, sway you at all in sort of finding a religion of some sort or a belief system? No, I'm I'm always right on the fence, but I do think I'm the type that I always kind of feel like I'm barely like clinging to sanity and can be like you know nudged in one direction or the mm. or, or the other. Not that to say if you uh, believe in God, you're insane, but I mean like I'm very uh, malleable and like in terms of like what I'm going to believe in for like the next two weeks. <laughs> um, sorry, Shane? Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I wanted to talk about like, what do you think of when, because now Kanye, he doesn't want people to have premarital sex or anything. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And he's not going to be performing any of his uh, older music live anymore. Uh, but don't you think when a guy like who's, currently married and had like the best most amazing sex in his life all of a sudden tells you who's maybe like in your late teens to not have premarital sex don't you think that's a bit of a cop-out i i think it's funny you say that i actually have some notes i think that this is the whole like uh the juxtaposition sort of like the opposing forces of one of the reasons that religion can be a turnoff is it is so much built on do what i say not as i do mm-hmm. and so like mm-hmm. Even someone like Kanye going on and on about God, like he's promoting a record that is going to make him a lot of money. And I think there's such a fascinating relationship between the idea of servitude uh, when it comes to like God or Jesus Christ or Christianity and then also being like the most uh, efficient capitalist you can be. Mm. You know what I mean? And the, and the idea that it's like, so are you serving God or are you serving Kanye? And are you using God and religion as like a promotional tool? And and by the way, like do whatever you, this you know, society is a concert game. Do what you want to do. I'm just fascinated by like the hypocrisy of it, the people that sort of like buy it. 
But specifically to this premarital sex thing, it's so easy to sort of tell people like, you need to get on this tip, man. You got to start living right. But like you said, Shane, he's probably already done every insane, hedonistic, fun, <laughs> fucking awesome thing you could do. So he's like, no, no, no. Listen to me, man. That's not where it's at. It's like, well, maybe I kind of want to find out. Yeah. Can I try? <laughs> that looks pretty fun. Maybe I'll go do a few of those things and then I'll make my mind up. Mm-hmm. Well, because everybody who's, every guy who's married wishes everyone would stop having premarital sex. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> you just want, you get jealous otherwise of your buddies. <laughs> so it's a jealousy thing more than sort of a religious thing for God. Yeah, exactly. Because you always want your friends to be in the same, doing the same thing you're doing, right? <laughs> what is your favorite song on uh, the album, Max? Ooh, okay. I have to pull up the. I gotta check it. One second. Um, there was a big thing on Twitter that everybody says that "Follow God" is the big banger. The sample uh, see, of. See, I disagree with that. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, that's just whatever. I did listen to the record all the way through once uh, for this podcast because I'm dedicated to this podcast. I kind of like the last tune. Uh, no, sorry, the second last tune. Uses gospel, the, the sax solo with Kenny G. I know it's sort of right. like a... Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah. very cool. Shit, man. Kenny I, G's on this record? Yeah, he, it's like a wailing sax solo for like three minutes. It's Dang, awesome. duty. Yeah. Shane, really is that? It's do awesome. you agree that's the track? No, I think... Okay, I think Water is the... But the, I think... Okay, Water is the second best song. Then God Is, which happens right after Water. And then Hands On is the song Max's... Oh, no, sorry. Then Use the Gospel, which is the song you're talking about, right? With the saxophone? Yeah. Uh, uh, so, but okay. God Is... Uh, I have a feeling that song is going to be in like every movie trailer in the next year. Mm. The The second half when that beat starts, it lends itself so much to visuals. Ooh. Just That's my prediction. I'm not saying this recording is going to be used, but... If it is, mark my words. Interesting. Another like yeah. z- uh, you know classic Kanye zig. While everyone else is saying it's like you know like pop culture is like so sexualized, and the fact he's going the opposite direction is a very Kanye. But move. it's because he's already done it. I know. Like it would be more zigging while everyone's zagging if he had never done it. Mm. But he's done it, and so now that's old for him. Yeah. Do you think that Kanye is just constantly thinking with marketing brain, or do you think he believes what he's doing, or do you think it's a mix of all of that? Because I like yeah, we, I think he, it's a mix. Yeah, like he presents himself as a man of like extreme conviction, but there's so much contradiction with all of these things. You know what I mean? Like even like him sort of like uh, being a man of God and Christianity and the sort of the, the, the ethics of that, that outlook are like servitude and the idea of like helping your fellow man. But then it's like yeah, he supports... relinquishing ego and everything yeah. and like being selfless. He's the complete opposite. Or unless he's using it like the way that other sort of like fake Christians or religious people use it, which is kind of as just an identifying factor because, you know, there's a whole base out there that will go, yeah, man, like he's speaking for us now. I don't know. Or is he just being alternative to what pop culture is like Max said? It's super sexualized. People have sort of lost God in their lives in a lot of ways. Yeah, I don't know what his like big picture angle on it is but i imagine there's something that he has cooking or he's thought about because that's what i really admire about kanye he's he's a, he is kind of a visionary in terms of the way he like conceives of like an entire project and i just the one anecdote that really sticks out is he was talking about his uh i think it was the yeezus tour uh one of the tours more recently where he had the floating stage that went over i, I went to one of those shows and and basically he basically said i want every seat in here to be a premium price seat so I don't want anybody to be able to say, I was at the back. I'm going to pay less for it. Okay, how do we do that? Let's get a floating stage. It'll go everywhere, so everybody has to pay the same ticket price. And number two, 
like I want to be able – I want this thing to look incredible on Instagram. I know everybody has a f- camera on their phone. I just want everybody to be posting at the show. So the stage was crazy. And, and also it's like I'm kind of like a godlike figure, so I want to hover over everybody. And like those three check, bar, uh, check boxes were achieved – and it was one of the most like memorable touring uh, tours ever. And every other act in hip hop and in pop culture goes, "Fuck, Kanye did it again." And it was because he thought of like these very big picture ideas, and he got somebody to execute them for it. Quick question, Max: mm-hmm. You have a chance to work on the Kanye West record. Mm. Are you very excited that you're going to collab with Kanye? Oh, so excited! When he tells you. I'll work with you only if you stop having premarital sex. <laughs> what do you do? Yeah, I say yes, and then I lie about it. <laughs> <laughs> you should have said you get on one knee immediately. And Mary Lauren. Oh. oh. Yeah, that could work too. <laughs> <laughs> 